This podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the 8th of January, 2017. The podcast whose New Year's resolution is to get the year right. This is your host, Shane Killian, and joining me this week is Jacob Morris. Jacob, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be back. So let's jump into another year of the news of the Bogus. And this first story is an update from last May, when Cindy Pryor took Idiot Extraordinaire after she kicked out white students from a computer lab she said was a safe space for Aborigines only. Well, to refresh your memory, she sued student Alex Wood under the Racial Discrimination Act for writing on Facebook, quote, Just got kicked out of the unsigned indigenous computer room. QUT, that's Queensland University, is stopping segregation with segregation. She also sued a second student who wrote, I wonder where the white supremacist lab is. And a third who was accused of writing a post including the N-word despite copious evidence that he never did so. Evidence? What's that? Also, after the incident, Pryor went on sick leave and said she felt unsafe leaving her home because she was afraid somebody would say something offensive to her. I swear I'm going to take a drink every time I hear this bullshit. So, people, if you hear Jacob fall over unconscious, you know why. Vodka cola. She also said she couldn't come back to work in a place where she would have to have face-to-face contact with white people. So, this special little snowflake sued for hundreds of thousands of dollars in damages, saying it's racist to call any such policy into question. Now, after throwing out her case in November, federal court judge Michael Jarrett in Brisbane ordered Pryor to compensate the defendants $200,000 for their legal costs. Good. Yeah. Now, one interesting thing to come out of this case is a medical report about Pryor and people like her from psychologist Simone Shaw, who conducted a comprehensive interview and examination of Pryor. Check this out. Quote, As a result of this personality style, she is likely to blame and begrudge others when she perceives she has been mistreated. She may be blindly uncritical of her own behavior and insensitive to negative consequences associated with her behavior, tending to minimize the negative impact that her behavior has on others and on herself. No shit. Out of the questions that Dr. Shaw asked, Ms. Pryor's responses were, quote, unusual in that they indicate a defensiveness about particular personal shortcomings as well as an exaggeration of certain problems. Now I ask you, is all this the social justice warriors to a T or what? I would not disagree. (laughs) So I just thought I'd update you all on that and give you that little insight, which you might have guessed already, but hey, there it is. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Hey everybody, this is Dave of the Superplex Bros, and you're listening to the Bogosity Podcast. When you're done, why don't you head over to superplexbros.com. We have all kinds of editorials and reviews on video games and pro wrestling. We're also currently hosting a major project 
called the Superplex Pokemon League, and we're about to go into our third season. We just had our actual draft, and we're going over all of the teams and their draft picks. So why don't you head on over there, check things out, and if you like, you can even check out the Superplex Brothers podcast, where Matt and I basically bullshit about video games, pro wrestling, or whatever the hell we want. Anyway, until next time, take care. Okay, let's talk about something cool now. Egypt and the United Arab Emirates have begun censoring the secure encryption app Signal. That's not the cool part. The cool part is how Signal responded. Now, we've talked about Signal before. It's a completely secure end-to-end encryption of text messages such that no one except the sender or the receiver can read the message. Not open whisper systems who make Signal. Not any government. Not the user's ISP or carrier. No one. And... That doesn't sit well with tyrannical governments. What they're doing is stopping connections to the Open Whisper Systems site that routes the encrypted messages through. But Open Whisper Systems found a way around it entirely. Now, this is pretty technical, so bear with me, but you'll love it when you find out what they did. It all has to do with how DNS works with an encrypted web connection. Now, we've talked about DNS before. That's what takes those nice little things like Amazon.com or Google.com and turns it into the actual IP address of the server. That's those four crazy numbers separated by periods, you know, 132.16.235. blah, 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 whatever. So just in the background, your computer goes out to servers that resolves that DNS name, the domain name, Amazon.com or whatever, with that IP address. Now, when you make a connection to a web server using HTTPS, there are actually three places where it sends out the domain name, and one, of course, is doing that DNS connection. The second is that it has to make the secure connection through TLS, and it needs the domain name for that because those certificates are tied to domain names. So you need to say, okay, I need the certificate for Amazon.com, and that lets me know that I'm connected to the real Amazon.com and not a hacker pretending to be Amazon.com. The third time happens after this encrypted connection has been set up. That's when it makes the actual request of the web server, and this is being done under the cover of encryption, so no one else can read it. But it needs to do this because the same physical box on the same IP address can host multiple websites, like Bogosity.tv is on a shared server at GoDaddy with probably hundreds of other websites, and... Aside from that, you have things like podcast.bogosity.tv, informed.bogosity.tv, and things like that. No matter what, those would all point to the same IP address, but the web server needs to know which one of those you want. So it needs to be able to get the request and say, oh, you want podcast.bogosity.tv, let me give you that web page. That is completely hidden under this protected layer of encryption. So what Open Whisper Systems did is called domain fronting. And what you do is you use a content delivery network like Cloudflare, Akamai, or Amazon CloudFront. We've talked about these before, too. And I promise the technical stuff's almost over. This is the last bit. But, but with a CDN, people request your website through a CDN. So you don't have a million people banging on your website at one time. You know, you've got your own little server there that's still being nice and protected while everyone gets it from the content delivery network. But if someone, like, fills out a form or something like that, 
the CDN can say, oh, okay, this is something new. Let me go to the actual website and get that for you. So it'll actually forward requests onto the website on your behalf. So what Open Whisper Systems did was set up a content delivery network using Google Cloud, which means that Google servers can redirect requests to Open Whisper System servers. So what they started doing is, on these versions of Signal, it makes that first connection to Google.com. So the DNS query says, give me the IP address for Google.com. And then it makes the TLS connection to set up the security to Google.com. And so as far as your ISP or Egypt or whoever, as far as anyone looking at the transmission knows, you're just making a normal web request to Google. There's nothing fishy going on there. But what it does is that third time after the encrypted tunnel is set up and it's talking to the actual web server, that is when it switches it up and it uses the Open Whisper Systems domain name. And so then Google says, oh, okay, that's what you want. Let me forward that request on for you. So they can still send text messages through Signal. But as far as Egypt knows... All they're doing is getting web pages from Google. Hmm. So basically what that means is that Egypt and the UAE cannot block Signal without blocking all of Google. Oh, that would be a bummer. <laughs> and even if they did, all Open Whisper systems would have to do is switch to a different content provider. I mean, would they let them switch to another content provider? They can't stop them. How are they going to stop them? Yeah. They have no way of stopping this. So I like that. This anti-censorship measure is already in the Android version of Signal and will be included in the iOS version if it isn't already. So. Yeah, the cyberpunk age is here. <laughs> so well done, Open Whisper Systems. Keep up the great work. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the Internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the Internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your Internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. Okay, so as we all know, the only reason the Democrats lost the election was because of Russian hackers and not, you know, because they ran a completely god-awful candidate. Wait, didn't they, like, hack Hillary and Podesta and not, like, the election? Yeah, they're saying that by hacking the emails, they were able to swing the election towards Trump, so... By telling the truth? Yeah, it uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because... I mean, we talked about this. It's not like the emails are fake. Anyone can verify that the emails are genuine using free software. 
But anyway, the Department of Homeland Security has published a 13-page report that absolutely proves without any shadow of a doubt whatsoever that the hack was carried out by Russian operatives and not at all the work of lone wolves as people who were actually in a position to know, like Julian Assange, have claimed. No, it's all Putin's Russia, and this document lays out the case beyond all reasonable doubt. Well, the problem is, the report does absolutely nothing of the kind. All it does is pretty much reiterate all of the Obama administration's talking points and doesn't provide a shred of support whatsoever. And even worse, instead of the promised newly declassified intelligence into the techniques of Russia's cyber espionage, the methods it details are all generic and well-known to pretty much any hacker. So basically any hacker organization or even a lone wolf would have the ability to use these same methods. So according to Robert M. Lee of the security company Dragos, quote, This ultimately seems like a very rushed report put together by multiple teams working with different data sets and motivations, and called it, quote, a very confusing report trying to cover too much while saying too little. Others in the security community concurred, like security consultant Jeffrey Carr, who said, quote, it is both foolish and baseless to claim, as CrowdStrike does, that X-Agent, that's one of the pieces of software the report claims ties Russia to the hack, is used solely by the Russian government when the source code is there for anyone to find and use at will. So if Obama does have any evidence that the Russian government was behind the hack, he's keeping it to himself. But guess what? That didn't stop him from ejecting from the U.S., 35 Russian diplomats working in the Russian embassy in Washington and the Russian consulate in San Francisco and imposing sanctions against Russia, accusing them of election interference. The order applies to, quote, any person determined by the Secretary of the Treasury in consultation with the Attorney General and the Secretary of State to be responsible for or complicit in or to have engaged in directly or indirectly cyber-enabled activities that are reasonably likely to result in or have materially contributed to a significant threat to the national security, foreign policy, or economic health or financial stability of the United States, and that have the purpose or effect of tampering with, altering, or causing a misappropriation of information with the purpose or effect of interfering with or undermining election processes or institutions. In other words... They get to kick out whoever the Obama administration says committed such an act, and they don't have to actually provide any evidence. That would be funny. What's that? If Trump let them stay in, their, in his hotel thing <laughs> until they, while they wake this out. Sure, come stay in my hotel. That, that would be hilarious. Yeah, so this smacks of just poisoning the well, and I mean that in a more literal sense than we usually mean that phrase. Poisoning the well is where an invader being driven out of an area literally poisons wells and other sources of drinking water to make it unlivable for others. It's the ultimate act of spite and terror, and Obama is deliberately putting Trump in a position where he'll either have to support these baseless accusations against Russia or back down from it, at which point the Democrats can use it as proof that Trump is in bed with Putin. Yeah, that's not going to be fun. No, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Bogosity.tv gives you great ways to shop at Amazon. Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.Bogosity.tv and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. Or go to Prime.Bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes, borrow Kindle books, and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. And speaking of Kindle, 
Go to kindle.bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited. Read over 1 million books and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. Or go to home.bogosity.tv to try Amazon Home Services. Over a thousand different services from quality hand-picked pros, from house cleaning to equipment and furniture assembly, plumbing, electrical, painting, and other handyman services, all backed by Amazon's happiness guarantee. And as always, check the right-hand side of the podcast page for special Amazon deals. And now it's time to degrease this week's biggest bogon emitter. Well, the news media failed to get 2016 Idiot of the Year despite trying really, really hard, so I guess they're getting a jump here on 2017. In case you thought the previous story was ridiculous enough, the mainstream media is pushing the panic button over Russia engaging in another hack attack against America's electrical grid this time. Well, I say America's electrical grid. I mean Vermont's. Well, I say Vermont, I mean the city of Burlington, which is a real prime target for Russia, apparently. Oh, yes, the town with America's most important institutions. And they cleverly did it by putting malware on one laptop. Malware that lots of people get from random infected websites. And a laptop that didn't even have anything to do with managing the electrical grid. It's not really sounding like a very good hack, is it? Nope. Now, I'm starting off with this report from The Guardian because it seems to be more straight reporting and less fear-mongering than, than what else is being reported. They're still not as security-savvy as I would like, but at least they're not engaging in outright hysteria. They reported on a statement from Burlington Electric saying, quote, We took immediate action to isolate the laptop and alerted federal officials of this finding. Our team is working with federal officials to trace this malware and prevent any other attempts to infiltrate utility systems. We have briefed state officials and will support the investigation fully. Now, according to the Department of Homeland Security, the piece of malware is known as Grizzly Step. According to an unnamed U.S. intelligence official, quote, It has been tracked to familiar entities involved in a much broader and government-directed campaign in cyberspace, and because the electric grid is a vulnerable and interconnected part of the nation's critical infrastructure. What, the one laptop that didn't have anything to do with anything? Right. Right. So, throughout the media, panic reigned like people quoted by the Washington Post without any words from knowledgeable security professionals whatsoever. I actually thought this would all be over after the election. <laughs> Think again. Vermont Governor Peter Shumlin said, quote, Vermonters and all Americans should be both alarmed and outraged that one of the world's leading thugs, Vladimir Putin, has been attempting to hack our electric grid which we rely on to support our quality of life, economy, health, and safety. This episode should highlight the urgent need for our federal government to vigorously pursue and put an end to this sort of Russian meddling. And you also have Vermont Senator Patrick Leahy, quote, This is beyond hackers having electronic joyrides. This is now about trying to access utilities to potentially manipulate the grid and shut it down in the middle of winter. This is a direct threat to Vermont, and we do not take it lightly. And we also have Vermont at-large Congressman Peter Welch, a Democrat, who said, quote, It's systemic, relentless, predatory. They will hack everywhere! 
even Vermont, in pursuit of opportunities to disrupt our country. We must remain vigilant, which is why I support President Obama's sanctions against Russia and its attacks on our country and what it stands for. It's one laptop, idiot! Okay, one guy searches for porn and everybody... <laughs> Pretty much. Although in serious, it may not have been porn. This grizzly step thing is a piece of malware. It's not Stuxnet or anything like that. You know, the one that the U.S. and Israel deliberately made to take down Iran's nuclear program? Yeah. No, this is malware that people get from infected websites that run PHP, which is a coding language used for back-end web applications. And one way it can come in is through WordPress apps that have vulnerabilities, and the hacker's bots scan the web for WordPress sites that have these vulnerabilities and insert the malware. So, I'm linking to an analysis from WordFence, which creates malware detection software for WordPress websites. Here's some of what they have to say, and warning, ignore the headline, as you'll see. Quote, Our security analysts spend a lot of time analyzing PHP malware because WordPress is powered by PHP. As an interesting side project, we performed analysis on the PHP malware sample and the IP addresses that the U.S. government has provided as technical details regarding the tools and infrastructure used by Russian civilian and military intelligence services. We discovered that attackers use it to try to infect WordPress websites. We found it in the attacks that we block. By viewing the source code, we could find the name of the malware and the version. It is PAS310. They don't say what PAS stands for. So they show you the website where you can download the malware and say, quote, The website claims the malware is made in Ukraine, and the date at the bottom has the Ukraine country code UA. The PAS malware is user-friendly. It has an about page. They also have a helpful FAQ. The PHP malware sample that Department of Homeland Security has provided appears to be PAS310, which is commonly available, and the website that claims to have authored it says they are Ukrainian. It is also several versions behind the most current version of PAS, which is 411B. One might reasonably expect Russian intelligence operatives to develop their own tools, or at least use current malicious tools from outside sources. DHS provided us with 876 IP addresses as part of the package of indicators of compromise. They are globally distributed, with most of them in the USA. What we're seeing in this IP data is a wide range of countries and hosting providers. 15% of the IP addresses are Tor exit nodes. These exit nodes are used by anyone who wants to be anonymous online, including malicious actors. The IP addresses that DHS provided may have been used for an attack by a state actor like Russia, but they don't appear to provide any association with Russia. They are probably used by a wide range of other malicious actors, especially the 15% of IP addresses that are Tor exit nodes. The malware sample is so old, widely used, and appears to be Ukrainian. It has no apparent relationship with Russian intelligence, and it would be an indicator of compromise for any website. So, here's the thing that really galls me about this. For years, security experts have been warning about our infrastructure being vulnerable to malware, and for years they've been ignored. Through it all, the glass one-tenth full viewpoint was that when the inevitable finally does happen, it'll get everyone kicked into doing something about it. Well, now it has, 
but the response has been this complete distraction solely for political purposes and not the realization that we need to secure our utilities and infrastructure. It's so infuriating. Yeah. And I mean, these are people who say, oh, we'll protect you from cyber attacks. Well, not if you keep using them as opportunities to wrongly point the finger at your enemies. Yeah, it makes me think you're not going to be consistent. Yeah. But again, they won't have to worry about it because this time next month they won't be in power anymore, so it'll all be Trump's fault. Hooray. So all of that makes the news media this week's biggest bogonumentary. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. And now let's prescribe antipsychotics to this week's Idiot And this week it goes to the Manville, New Jersey Board of Education because of what they did to one of their students. So what happened was a teacher found a flash drive in a classroom, which she turned into the office. That was probably the right thing to do. Someone in the main office plugged in the flash drive and viewed the contents. The wrong thing to do. That's how malware gets in. But lucky for them, this was just an innocent student who left his flash drive behind, not someone putting in malware to crash the system or change their grades or whatever. Anyway, the staffer was horrified by the contents, so it was turned over to guidance counselor Ilana Curtin, who determined that it belonged to student Frank Harvey. Here's a bit from the lawsuit that we'll get to in a minute, quote, She certified she knew him to be a loner, occasionally wore a Soviet trench coat and hat, and had a fascination with war and violent video games. Oh my god, really? Yeah. She related an incident from the previous year where Harvey critically commented on the staff's inability to perform their jobs. <laughs> Ms. Curtin perceived this kid? I'd like to meet him. <laughs> Ms. Curtin perceived the material as being a red flag and contacted Ann Fakendo, the superintendent of schools. Oh, uh, yeah, red flag. Yeah. Communist. Soviet. Ms. Fakendo contacted the Manville police. Wait, what? Yep, she called the police. And the police placed Harvey in mandatory psychiatric screening, causing him to miss school. Now, what were these horrible contents that caused them to react like this, calling the police and subjecting Harvey to these psychological screenings? Were they plans to blow up the school, or pictures of teachers with fake blood drawn on them, or something else indicative of a disturbed individual that represents a danger to himself and others? I hope. No. It was a series of satirical cartoons that were critical of gun control. Hold on, I gotta refill my cup. <laughs> 
How's the drinking game going? <laughs> I'm not joking. Let me know if you're still upright by the time we finish. Let's give this a little break. So this is just ridiculous and overzealous, huh? The administrative law judge threw the case out and told them not to be so stupid in the future, huh? I hope. Nope. Oh, God. Nope. Quote, The balancing of Harvey's freedom of speech against the high school's obligation to protect the safety of all students is an area that requires a close analysis of all the credible factual testimony available to the tribunal. What, like violent video games? <laughs> Petitioner has placed forth a factual certification suggesting the high school's actions may be motivated by prejudgments inconsistent with the sole safety of the student body. It's not over yet. There are a bunch of hearings to come, and I wouldn't be surprised. A lawsuit from Harvey's mother, who of course has withdrawn him from this ridiculous school. Well, at least he's got a good mother. Yep. So, basically, who else but the Manville, New Jersey Board of Education and their administrative law judge would be named this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this I'm Sorry, Are You From The Past edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv and feel free to join in by sending a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate using the links on the website or the QR codes in the thumbnail or become a patron at patreon.bogosity.tv and get the podcast and YouTube videos early and without ads or promos. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Jacob Morris for joining me. And thank you for vodka. Until next time, here's a quote from L. Neal Smith. The Second Amendment was written expressly to intimidate government officials and keep them in their place. The fact that politicians and bureaucrats, regardless of their party, detest it and want it obliterated proves that it works. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial and Derivatives 4.0 International License. Christmas time is coming, and the most classic of Christmas stories is A Christmas Carol. But how much do you know about the original Charles Dickens novella? Have you dismissed it as a children's book with one-dimensional characters amounting to nothing but platitudes and cliches? Maybe your appreciation of the book was even muted by those dry, boring, annotated books they made you read in school. My book, the sarcastically annotated A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, uses both facts and humor to present the book in a way you probably haven't seen it before. Giving praise when deserved and beratement when warranted, this book is put in the perspective of its time and shows a dimensional, multi-layered Ebenezer Scrooge from start to finish. Skepticism, history, and even economics are employed to show the book in relation to today in an easily accessible format. Appreciate the Christmas of your youth all over again. Get the sarcastically annotated A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, available at Amazon and on PDF as well. Oh, be careful, Shane. You might get stuck in a psychiatric ward. Yeah.